What's good, everybody? Welcome to the Body Bag Podcast. I am Chris Thomas, and with me, as always, my co-host, Broke Writer Dave. How are we doing today? I am so happy for this week's movie pick, because it has been a hot minute since I've seen Behind the Mask, Rise of Leslie Vernon. Yeah, I've watched it three times this week because it's one of my favorite films. You know how most people gush about how meta and funny Scream is? This is my Scream. This this is my version of that because I love this movie. Yeah, it's like Scream, but it takes it to the next level. Leslie Vernon is like if Jamie Kennedy's character actually decided to become a serial killer. In fact, I think that they would get along fairly well because they have rules. They, they know the whole thing about the virgins and don't have sex during big group get-togethers or you will die. Actually, Leslie Vernon, like, I feel like how he acts, kind of be like if you met, like, Jim Carrey in real life, if he was a serial killer. I can like, I see what you mean. really charming, funny, Goofy. nice, yeah. Just lulls you into, like, this guy can't possibly be dangerous. He's too nice and kooky. Basically, he's... Uh, sociopath. Are we going to go into this assuming that people have already seen Rise of Leslie Vernon, or should we give a brief synopsis? Because this, to me, this movie is severely under-talked about and underrated, so maybe people haven't actually seen it. Yeah, I feel like this movie is like a hidden gem, or I think it's just old enough to be considered like a uh, cult classic. So for those of you who don't know or haven't seen it, it's a mockumentary dark comedy slasher film that follows basically what a serial killer does to prepare for his killing spree. Basically taking a peek behind the curtain, seeing how they do their process. And it's very, very funny. It answers all the questions of like, well, how do, how are these serial killers so fast? How does Michael or Jason, he's walking one minute and then all of a sudden he's over here. And you, uh, how does he get there so fast? One answer. Oh, that was one of my favorite parts of the movie. Oh, where he's out of breath. He's like, it's a lot of cardio because you got to be able to run like a gazelle, but make it seem like you're walking. Short answer, cardio. Just a lot of cardio. There's so many over here. I can't possibly. Uh, oh, of course, they tackle the whole if you have a virgin in your group. This movie will make you feel a little guilty for being a virgin because you will get your friends killed. Also talks about like they have, you know, like bulletproof vests on underneath their clothes and apparently all of most of it is smoke and mirrors when it comes to a serial killer and what i love about this is that it all takes place in a universe where elm street jason Voorhees, michael myers they all are actual people in this universe they're oh, just did you, famous did you catch that when she was asking the guy on elm street about his neighbor freddie kane hotter yeah that, i thought that was great that they had him in this, this movie this movie has a lot of cameos yes it does if you like any 80s horror movie icon they are probably somewhere hidden in this movie i'm just gonna go ahead and wrap uh rattle off a couple of names here robert england kane hodder's in this uh he's a elm street resident zelda rubenstein from poltergeist is in it she's a librarian scott wilson from the walking dead is in it and i I guarantee there's probably at least five more that are just like smaller roles that i haven't seen i'm surprised uh nate i can't remember his last name but who plays Leslie Vernon didn't like become a bigger star because no, yeah I, I tried to look up his IMDB I was like wow this guy is not in a lot of stuff no because he was really good in this movie like I feel like if they casted anyone else to play Leslie Vernon it wouldn't have been as good yeah I'm trying to think maybe you can answer this a little bit later but can you think of a horror icon that has been in only like one movie and just never did anything else 
they were like, all right, this is the movie. And then they just kind of like, and which is also a shame because this movie is not as well. If you're in, if you're a real horror movie enthusiast, you'll know this movie, but it's not as well known as something like Nightmare on Elm Street. The the cameos in this movie are way more famous than the actual movie itself. Yeah, because this is a uh, very indie film. Very, it's in the, it's first person, very much in the style of Blair Witch in that it's all from the camera's point of view, which does that give you a headache at all? Because a lot of people can't get into that. I actually enjoy it. It kind of feels a little bit more real to me. Like I'm a big fan of like found footage type films and mockumentaries. I like them only if they don't, because sometimes they'll want to shake the camera, even if they're completely still, they, they do go overboard on that. What's the word I'm looking for? That type that kind of uses the camera shake to get a scare when it's not needed type deal the gimmick gimmick is the word i was looking for yeah they overuse that gimmick and think every shake is like oh this is making it more real well you know people stand still too yeah i get to what you mean i mean but this movie well, didn't have any of that this was a very smooth movie no it didn't rely on its gimmick too heavy it relied on the story to be a good movie which i enjoyed and for a slasher this really didn't have, you didn't really see a lot of the killing, which is why I was trying to think, all right, what's my kill of the week going to be? Because uh, most I, of it was off screen. Yeah, I, I have mine down. It just wasn't like the coolest kill or anything. It's just more of the like situation. I think I know which one's mine. And, and just the fact that you said that, I think I know we might end up having the same one. Probably. But that'll be a little bit later. Uh, a little bit more into the movie. It's uh, as he's explaining how to, how he does everything. Like, he calls it, like, a drive-by to scare the girl he picked out to be his final girl. Mm -hmm. You kind of see the relationship build between Leslie and the crew. And you see him get closer and closer. But you also kind of see all of them kind of deal with the moral dilemma there. And, like, do they let this happen or do they find a way to stop it? I had to actually watch this movie two or three more times. Not this sitting, but when I first watched it, because when he started actually killing people and they started feeling some kind of way, I was I was confused. I was like, well, isn't this what you guys signed up for? And I was thinking to myself, well, did they think that this was all supposed to be like an act or something? Or did I miss something where they think, oh, this guy is actually just like a serial killer enthusiast or something like that? And they didn't really think he was a serial killer. But I guess it's just that they got cold feet at the last minute. Yeah, I think it's one of those things where they were thinking that maybe they'd be okay with it, get a really good story for their thesis. But they were fine with the librarian being killed. Well, he didn't actually kill her. She just kind of had a heart attack in front of him and passed out. Really? I got the uh, uh, notion that he killed her. No, he brought up his scythe and then she kind of just passed out. Might and have to then, rewatch that scene again. Yeah, uh, Robert England shows up and starts shooting at him. Which, by the way, Robert England has nothing to do in this movie. He shows up well, other than that scene, I mean, he shows up once again at the end, but immediately gets knocked out, which I, well, you know what? I, I take that back. That was actually played for a laugh. Yeah. Because the people running away knocked him out thinking he was Leslie. Yeah. He, in case you don't know, Robert England in this movie, he's basically playing like Dr. A, Loomis. Dr. Loomis type character. Yeah. He was Leslie's psychiatrist and he's trying to stop all this from happening. Because spoiler, uh, Leslie Vernon's is not really Leslie Vernon. His name is Leslie McIntosh or something. Leslie something that starts with an M. From Reno, Nevada. 
he lied about being the uh, attempted murder of uh, there, there's a whole lore about Leslie Vernon being a a victim when a town all got together and didn't they like throw him off a ravine or something? They threw him off a uh, waterfall into a river. And he was supposed dead, but resurfaced years later. And now he's talking about how he's going to be killing a bunch of people. But turns out he's not actually Leslie Vernon. He's just taking on that persona, but he still wants to make a name for himself. He just kind of found that story and used that to be the base of his legend. And then we get to the day of when all the killing is happening and he kind of goes step by step of what he's preparing to happen. And even though the documentary crew knows his methods and everything, they still do exactly the same stuff that any dumb people who haven't been interviewing this guy would do. Yeah, and the night of, he starts killing and then we find out that the final girl he showed the documentary crew wasn't the actual final girl he picked out. The final girl he picked out was Taylor. The woman the, who was uh, documenting the thing, the interviewer. Yes, that was his actual final girl. And like he said, like all her decisions that night kind of made or break his night. Because if when he kicked him out of the house, they could have just left, left the kids there to die and they would have been OK. But she decided they needed to go in and help him. This movie has a whole lot of quotable lines that I wrote down. Uh, for instance, when he's talking about cardio and having to chase down people and why it's so important to be fast, he said, well, nobody gets away. And if they do, it's really embarrassing. I just like the idea of him being at a barbecue with Jason and Michael and they're all laughing at him like, ha, he wasn't fast enough. He, he got away. Yeah, just, it kind of makes it seem like all these like killers kind of get together every once in a while and just talk about it. Well, they're very aware of each other because in this universe, Serial killing is, for lack of a better word, a job. It serves a purpose in the actual world. It's not that people are crazy going around killing people. It's kind of as I don't, uh, Eugene, I, I believe, is his mentor. It's like Eugene says, you know, there's there has to be. They are basically the evil so that the good can prosper. Yeah. So how do you feel about that? Do you feel like there has to be evil in the world for us to have good? Uh, I think that's the only way that you can define what is the only way you can define what is good is if there is bad. But I don't think that you need to put evil out there for good to prevail. Yeah, that makes sense. I feel like there's, you know, you have to have some bad days to enjoy the good ones. So you kind of start getting why they're doing this. He made me want to be a serial killer. Yeah. He made it look like so much fun yeah i love that part she's like you talk about the business of killing people he's like no the business of fear the business of fear that is that was that that's a perfect tagline put that on the poster leslie behind the mass rise of leslie vernus he is in the business of fear which the serial killers are they're creating fear in the world so Every time I watch one of these movies, I think to myself, okay, we actually have uh, the main villain, which is Leslie Vernon. But I always have a thing in my mind where I'm like, all right, who's the real villain here? And it's 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 usually the main character, because when I was watching Candyman, I was like, all right, you know, Helen's the real bad guy in this thing. She's she roped all these people in and, and got like that woman's baby kidnapped. She got her best friend killed in this one. It's definitely Taylor to me when I say when I say bad guy or the real villain. I mean, man, you are responsible for a lot of these people dying. Yeah, because there's so many times when she could just call the quits and left with her crew. Let these kids know what was going to happen. 
Not to mention when Eugene is talking to Leslie and he's and, and his wife, isn't his wife Jamie? Yeah, Jamie. Jamie is given the whole breakdown. I was like, oh, if you have a virgin in your crew, get the hell away from her or them because you're you're all going to die if you have a virgin in your group and stuff like that. She didn't put it together like, wait a second. I'm a virgin. Maybe I should get out of here. Exactly. If you're a virgin, probably shouldn't hang around with a serial killer. I just He's obviously meticulous. I'm just surprised you didn't put this together. And not only for the deaths that she could have warned and saved, but the way she talks to Leslie, when she finds out that Leslie Vernon isn't really Leslie Vernon, but Leslie McNamara, whatever his last name is, and she gets all up in his face, I'm thinking to myself, this guy still wants to be a serial killer. What are you doing? doing getting all up in this dude's face for acting like he won't kill you like acting like you haven't already seen him about to kill a person caused a woman to have a heart attack you now know that he's well you find out a little bit later he was in a psych ward he's obviously mentally unstable he's showing you his process why are you not only endangering yourself but endangering your crew by getting all up in this guy's business and scolding him like a little boy yeah and that's the first time of the movie where you really see leslie kind of stop being the like a good guy like he kind of grabs her by the throat puts her against the van like a serial killer would Exactly. It's the first time you see him in that type of light, which I thought that scene was probably the best scene in the movie. So you just kind of see him snap just a little bit, but not enough to just murder her right there. Because he had to complete his process. Exactly. Crazy enough to be a serial killer, but sane enough to have a process of killing everyone. Having done all of this, though, when he actually starts killing people in the in the old house and stuff like that, and she has a look like, holy shit, the guy who said he was going to murder a bunch of people is starting to murder. Like, what, did you think this was, he was just joking around about all this? What did you think he was sharpening all of his knives for? Yeah, I mean, she freaked out. It's like, you knew this was going to happen. It's what you signed up for. I get it. It's like, now that it's actually happening, you're kind of freaked out. I kind of feel bad a little bit because the last two movies, I've been kind kind of dumping on the main character who's been well this the the protagonist of the film being Helen in the last one and Taylor in this one because there's definitely a lot of guys that are the same exact way but I just feel kind of like I'm not just picking on like female leads here but these just last two particular movies I'm like you're getting a lot of people killed here I laughed so hard like towards the kind of end of the movie when she picked up the axe and was like running with it Mm-hmm. she looks so off and i just died laughing in that scene well the, the funny thing about these uh there are a lot of awkward scenes in here or awkward line delivery but the brilliant thing about this kind of movie is that because it's a mockumentary and it's poking fun of everything you can have a line that doesn't sound right or one that just sounds like oh man was this this first person's like take or something you didn't want to retake that shot and you can just chalk it up to well that's the point it's supposed to be making fun of like you know that it's making fun of the bad acting in slasher movies i love the part when right after he explained how he's killing everybody and they're by the uh apple crusher that makes cider Mm -hmm. she's like so what are you gonna do with that crush apples i'm gonna crush apples and juice is gonna come out just everything he says offhand is like a innuendo he's like she reaches for my weapon big long weapon yeah, that's uh, <laughs> what he's, 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 he, she's arming herself with my cock. And when he's telling the story of, of the teenagers having sex, and there's just that epic, like, close-up of the woman's breast, and he's like, hey, who's telling the story here? And it's like, well, honestly, there's no better way to go. 
Yeah, fair, fair enough, Leslie. Continue. Yeah, that that's great. And then he talks about like the metaphors of going through the birth canal, being rebirthed as a uh, woman helping on revenge. Yeah, it, all the some it makes you want to rewatch a bunch of old slashers. And whenever I watch slashers now, I'm like, you know, when when the camera's not on him, he is probably hauling ass to his next location. Even though it doesn't look like he's out of breath or anything, he's probably sprinting as they say, like as a gazelle to get to his next position. Yeah, and you see that like in a library scene where Robert England shooting them, you see him like jumping from place to place. That you could tell he's in great shape. Say what you, he might be killing people, but damn it, that dude is fit. I want to know what his workout plan is. Before we get into kills of the week, why do you think this movie isn't as well known as something like Nightmare on Elm Street or even something like Cabin in the Woods? Because I was also thinking about Cabin in the Woods in terms of they explain a lot of the reasons why like those teenagers in the cabin in the woods act the way they do. Oh, it's because we put in pheromones so they can act a certain way. Oh, we put some stuff in her shampoo so she'll act like a ditzy blonde. And it's very much like this movie probably inspired some of cabin in the woods. Because I was getting those vibes, but I'm wondering why this movie isn't as talked about as something like cabin in the woods. And it has, I mean, it must have, been appreciated by horror connoisseurs because you had Kane Hodder and Robert England and Herschel from Walking Dead and everybody and woman from Poltergeist in it. So they must have seen this film and be like, hey, yeah, I'll cameo in this. Well, it being a indie film with a lesser budget, it probably didn't have the marketing backing that a lot of these other movies did. So like me, I kind of discovered this movie on like happenstance. I was just going through Shudder one night. I was like, oh, that looks interesting. And I watched it. It is also a very word of mouth movie because I I found out about this movie when I was, I think, like 21. A woman I was dating at the time showed it to me and I was like, oh, this seems like a random movie. And we watched it. I was like, oh, this movie's awesome. It came out in 2006. And the first time I watched it was like 2018. Yeah. So it would have been like like nine years ago when I first saw this. So it would have been 2011, I think, when I first saw this. Yeah. I feel like it's more well known now than when it actually came out because there's more avenues to watch it. I also want to see because this, when when did Blair Witch Project come out? Was that a 1999 movie? The original came out in 1999. Yeah. And this came out and you said 2007? 2006. 2006. All right. I was wondering if it was coming off the heels of Blair Witch because and maybe that's maybe what turned people off like, oh, they're just trying to be like Blair Witch with its first person found footage like type gimmick. No, I feel like this was probably more like a uh, festival film, like it was shown at like film festivals, Mm -hmm. but never actually put in theaters, which is weird when you like again, when you have those kind of cameos. That you would think that it would get more recognition, but then again, Robert England isn't posted on the front of the page, and Leslie Vernon isn't a well-known franchise to start off with, so people would be like, "Who's the Leslie Vernon?" Yeah, plus, I mean, you gotta think like getting someone like Kane Hodder for like one scene probably wasn't all that expensive. <laughs> they probably just ambushed him as he was mowing his lawn. Yeah, and their actual cast they probably didn't have to pay much for because a lot of these actors and actresses are relatively unknown at the time yeah well even now even now most of them are unknown it's just a damn shame but it is cool also cool that well i don't know it's a double a a double-edged sword on the one hand i wish this got a lot more recognition but on the other hand it's one of those movies that you're kind of 
It's like you have a hidden gem that not a whole lot of people know about that few can appreciate. Yeah, like the casual horror movie fans aren't going to know this movie, but the people who are really into horror movies, they are going to know this movie. So I think it's about that time for Kills of the Week, and I'm interested to see if we got the same one. Okay, so for my Kill of the Week, I'm going to go with uh, Todd. Damn it, yeah, that was mine. Yeah, Todd. he's like... He's like, Leslie, you got to chase me. Your rules, not the real, mine. The real hero of the movie. He yeah. tried to sacrifice himself for everybody else to run. And then when Leslie catches him, he's like, come on, man. It's me. It's Todd. And you could tell it's that Todd. Leslie didn't want to. But... Yeah. Uh, the way he killed him was probably the least painful death of the movie. He just snapped his neck. Yeah, I thought he was smothering him at first, but then he he would snap his neck. I was like, well, yeah. at least he didn't make him suffer. But yeah, because we because Todd kept getting shut up the entire movie. Like he would say something kind of funny, and then Taylor would be like, "Shut up and get that camera out." Which yeah. that always annoys me too. You always have to have that in a found footage movie. Is the main character saying something like, "Get that camera out of my face"? Yeah. And, and being angry at the camera person. Yeah, but, getting mad at the funny person in the group. Like, I'm like, the, the, the dude's funny. He, he's funny enough. And he had some sense. He's like, hey, did you not, were you not like around when we were interviewing this dude? What if he starts coming after us? Let's get out of here. <laughs> yeah, like Todd was the one who's like, let's dip. Like, I don't want to die tonight. Let's get out of here. Look, I know that these kids are gonna die and everything like that but hey not my problem not, you know Let's what go. we have the, the car is running right now if anything let me go and get help or something and then which is like well you guys just stand here holding your balls he's like she had to use balls line balls line but yeah yeah we we basically had the same thing poor todd poor todd second best character in this movie to leslie all right i also love the part when he was like when they actually first meet he's like can i show you a magic trick do you have a deck of cards why the fuck would i have a deck of cards check your pocket whoa (laughs) thought that was hilarious but if i had to have a runner-up kill it would be how he uh basically ripped the heart out of that one guy and then put it in his hand with that uh, gardening tool thing yeah, that'd be my runner-up, too. Just you kind of see the guy grab the, his own heart and kind of just bring it towards his face, like, looking at it. I'm sure that Leslie would say that that was a very symbolic kill of some kind. He has his heart in his hand. But yeah, we, we were on the same page with the kills. But with the kills of the week all wrapped up, I think that about does it for this week's podcast. Yeah. And I was very stoked to, to revisit this movie again. It's one of my favorites. It's an incredible movie, so anybody listening who hasn't watched it, I would suggest watching it. It's on uh, Shudder. It's also $4.99, I believe, on Amazon if you want to rent it, which is how I did it. And thank you again to all of our subscribers and all three of the people who watch our videos. And I don't mean that snarkily at all. I know we don't get a lot of views, but for those who actually do take the time and listen. We appreciate it. You're you the real MVP, as they say. And if you just happen to find this video on YouTube, make sure to go ahead and like and subscribe. And uh, you want to tell us what we got coming up next week? Uh, yeah. So next week, we will be reviewing one of my favorite ghost movies of all time, 13 Ghosts. I have not seen it. So you're going to be in for a treat. I do like Tony Shalhoub. Yeah, and it also has uh, Matthew Lillard in it. I've heard I've heard uh, love it or hate it from people, so I'll be interested to form my own opinion yeah this one is the remake which i found out a couple months ago that there's a original one from the 60s i haven't seen we'll have to do a special episode where we compare 
old with remakes. Yeah, and we're going to have to definitely do that. But until then, that about wraps it up. Thanks for joining us here on the Body Bag Podcast, and we will see you next time. If you have any questions, comments, any way we can make this better, feel free to reach out to us at Body Bag Pod on Twitter and Body Bag Podcast on Instagram. You guys have a good week.